Hey y'all, hey, this is Milan Milan. We are going over Revelation 21 and 22. Now, I don't know if we're going to be able to put it all in one, but if I cannot, stay tuned because the next one will be soon to follow, and I mean soon as in you finish 21, 22 should already be available, period. But let's just do this. Because you know we always do this. And I feel like we should just finish like what we've been doing, right? So this is a recap. Recap. And I am not going into details. I have already um, gone over the podcast, right? So they are available now. But let's just look at really briefly. Revelation 4 is the throne room in heaven. Revelation 5 is the lamb that takes the scroll. Revelation 6 starts off with the first seal. And it actually doesn't finish all of them. But it gets through six of the seven seals in Revelation 6. Revelation 7 is the seal of Israel. And um, the multitude of the great tribulation. Revelation 8 is the seventh seal, which is also the prelude to the seven trumpets that are coming, okay? And in Revelation 8, it gets through the first four trumpets. Revelation 9 starts off at the fifth trumpet, which is the locust from the bottomless pit. And it actually goes through the sixth trumpet also. So Revelation 10 is the mighty angel and the little book. John eats the little book in Revelation 10. Revelation 11 are the two witnesses. Oh my goodness, you guys, they are so amazing. They are without fear, but also just knowing Revelation 11 actually gives us the seventh trumpet, which is the kingdom proclaimed. Revelation 12 talks about the woman, the child, and the dragon. Revelation 13 gives us the beast from the sea and the beast from the earth. Revelation 14, the lamb and the 144,000. Revelation 15 gives us the prelude to the bowl judgments. Revelation 16 gives us all seven of the bowl judgments. Revelation 17 is the scarlet woman and the scarlet beast. Revelation 18 is the fall of Babylon, the great. Revelation 19 This is when our Savior comes back. Revelation 19 is heaven exalts over Babylon. He literally comes back in verse 11 of Revelation 19. So it's 1911 and you're going to see Christ on the white horse with his army. Read it to understand. Revelation 20 talks about... Satan bound for a thousand years, y'all. A thousand years. And then it also goes into the saints that reign with Christ for a thousand years. The satanic rebellion crushed. The great, great white throne judgment. That's another one I need to work on. Great. It's like a tongue twister. The great white throne judgment. And here we are. 21 and hopefully 22. If not, it's going to follow right after. All things made new. Stay tuned.
this is Malama Lam. We're going to get right to it. Hopefully we can. I'm going to get through it, but I'm not going to do it injustice for the sake of putting them together. So 21 of Revelation. Understand this is John that sees all of these visions. So all things made new. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth has passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death, the new Jerusalem. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, come, I will show you the bride, the white lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates. The names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. The city is laid out as a square, its length is as great as its breadth, and the measure, and he measured the city with the reed. 12,000 furlongs, its length, breadth, and height are equal. Then he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. The construction of its wall of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalency, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardis, the seventh crystallite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophis, the eleventh jacob, the twelfth amethyst, 
the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. The glory of the new Jerusalem. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Ooh, amen. The city had no need of sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not shut all day, at all, all day. There shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Let's break this down. Verses 1 through 3. Here is the eternal state called the new heaven and the new earth. These are not to be confused with the new heaven and the new earth that's described in Isaiah 65, verses 17 through 25. There is, there the millennium is in view because sin and death are still present. These will be completely excluded from the eternal state. So John sees the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So the fact is that there is never said to land on the earth leaves some to see as it's hovering over the earth. The fact that the names of the tribes of Israel are on the gates indicates that the redeemed Israel will have access to the city, even if they are not part of the church itself. The distinction between the church, which is the bride, the lamb's wife, right, and the Gentile nation is maintained throughout. So John is announcing from heaven that the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them as his people. They will enjoy communion with him closer than ever dreamed of. God himself will be with them and be their God in a nearer and a dearer relationship. So verses 4, 5, and 6. The expression that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes does not mean that there will be tears in heaven. It is a poetic way of just saying that there will be, not be, there will not be, neither will there be death, nor sorrow, nor crying. For God's people, these will forever uh, be ended. So the one who sits on the throne will make all things new. His words are true and faithful and will surely come to pass. 
The ushering in of the eternal state marks the conclusion of God's purpose for the earth in which we live as Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. So he is the beginning and the end, the creator and the object of creation. Ooh, amen. The one who begins and the one who finishes the eternal one he is the one who gives water of life which is salvation freely to whoever thirsts for it water of life is salvation so seven and eight and nine the breakdown is he is who who blesses the overcomer with total inheritance and a new intimacy as between the father and son as mentioned previously an overcomer is one who believes that jesus is the son of god first john 5 5 by faith he overcomes the world first john 5 4 but not all overcomers but not all are overcomers, basically. So some are cowardly. They're afraid to confess Christ. The unbelieving, the unwilling to trust the sinner's Savior. He is our Savior. But there are some who don't believe. Unwillingly or just they're just unbelieving. So all those who miss all those who remain in their sin whether guilty of the gross inequities that are listed here or not abominable given over to disgusting immorality murderers malicious and savage killers sexual immoral practicing fornication and other forms of sexual sins sorcerers those who traffic with evil spirits right idolaters insulting god by worshiping images and all liars compulsive deceivers these will be assigned to the lake of fire as their final destiny one of the seven angels involved in the bold judgments offered to give john a further more detailed view of the new jerusalem which he called the bride the lamb's wife this may mean that the city is the residence of the bride. So for 10, 11, 12, and 13, and we're going to squeeze in 14. Carried away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, John again saw Jerusalem ascending out of heaven, radiant with the glory of God and sparkling like a costly gem. It was surrounded by a massive wall in which were 12 gates, graced by 12 angels and bearing the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. The three gates face each direction, right, of the compass. So the number 12 is used as uh, is used 21 times in this book and seven times in this chapter. It is commonly understood to stand for government or administration. Think about the 12 disciples, right? Yeah, 12 disciples. Think about the 12 tribes of Israel. So the 12 foundations of the walls bore the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. This may have referenced the fact that they laid the foundation of the church and what they taught concerning Christ. For reference, look in um, Ephesians 2 verse 20. 
So now let's get to 15, 16, 17, and 18. So now with a gold measuring rod, the angel determined that the city was approximately 12,000 furlongs, which is 1,400 to 1,500 miles in length, breadth, and height. So whether shaped like a cube or a pyramid, it extended far beyond the bounds of restored Israel. The wall was 144 cubits thick. The expression, according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel, means that an angel, in verses 9 and 15, used units measured employed by men. So the description of the wall, like Jasper, and the city, pure gold. Well, hard to us to basically like visualize it, just try, is designed to create an image of magnificence, the brilliance. It's amazing, it's beautiful. Now, just to touch back about the shape of this, I'm going to say it's like a cube because it was even all over. A pyramid is not. That's the point. It's not. So, 20, I'm sorry, 19, 20, 21, 22, and 23. The 12 foundations were adorned with 12 precious stones, similar to those on the breastplate plate of the high priest. So that basically represents the 12 tribes of Israel. It is not possible to identify all the jewels with precious precision um, or to determine their spiritual meaning. The 12 gates are 12 pearls. A remainder of the church is the pearl of a great price for which the Savior sold all that he had. Reference, look for it in Matthew 13, verses 45 and 46. The street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass, which speaks of an unspotted glory. Certain things are missing from the city, so there's no temple. It's necessary because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are there. So there's no need for sun or moon because the glory of God illuminates it. And the lamb is the lamp. He is the light. Gentile nations will enjoy its beauty and the kings of the earth will come with their tribute to the Lord. There is no closed gates because there is perfect security and freedom of access. Amen. There is no night because it is a land of fadeless day. So as mentioned, the wealth of the nations will flow to the city, all their glory and honor. Nothing unclean will ever enter there, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now we could get into 22 and the only thing with that is we get into 22 we're gonna have to do an explanation so it's gonna be a part two i promise it'll be right back to back 22 will be right after 21 you will not have to wait for it
In the meantime, uh, 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 always pray without ceasing. Understand that you can understand God's word when you pray prior to reading, asking his Holy Spirit to reveal it to you because he's the one who inspired the men to write it. So who else can explain it any better but than the Holy Spirit? Amen. Amen. I love y'all. Go in peace. See you at part two. Hey, 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 Milan, Milan. Just wanted to make sure you tune in to the part two. We're going to get to 22 is the book of Revelation. It is truly the last book of our Bible. I love letters. Stay tuned.